So many people in the online space spend hours and weeks and months creating online products, courses, and services, only to find out later that there isn't a market for what they're selling. That's what we're talking about today, and more importantly, how you can be sure that what you are selling is something that your audience will buy. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hey, everybody, this is Christy Hostler, and welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. So we're having a lot of great discussions in our Podcast Monetization Facebook group, and you should join us if you're not already. And some of the things that we're talking about in there are going to be sort of a springboard for some podcast content, but that will come in the next few episodes. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today is something that I have noticed. First, I noticed it in myself whenever I was honing copywriting skills and whenever I was trying to think of things that I could create to sell that would be evergreen content, evergreen courses, and things that I could create to serve my niche, but would also serve as a revenue stream. Now, if you have a podcast, you've probably thought about creating these sorts of things, uh, whether it's a mastermind group, an online course, maybe it's an ebook. And one of the things that I think we as podcasters have to get a lot better at is identifying, number one, who we're serving. Who we're serving is not necessarily just about the niche that you're in, the the overall niche or the sub-niche or the sub-sub-sub-niche or whatever segment of your niche you are trying to serve. Getting very clear on that is foundational to being able to create a product or service or any sort of revenue stream or money coming in from serving that group. So getting clear about that target avatar for your XYZ, whatever it's going to be called, is where you want to start. Now, many times people that I talk to that are podcasting, they don't know where their audience listeners are coming from. Like they know who they're targeting, but they really don't know who's coming to listen. And one of the things that you and I and everyone else in the space can do as a favor to ourselves is get very clear on who we are serving. But more important than that, beyond getting clear on who we're serving, is what problem do they have that we are solving? Now, when I talk to podcasters every single day, when we talk about their podcast and how they're looking to monetize it, many of them will say, well, I hope to do this, or I hope to do that, or I hope to be able to blah, blah, blah. And what I find many times is that their target audience for their listening of their podcast might be a much bigger group than the target audience that they're actually wanting to serve with their products or services and that sort of thing. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying it can lead to a disconnect and it can lead to you only serving such a small sub segment of your niche 
that it might not be enough revenue to support you or even to make it worthwhile to spend a lot of time in the creation process. So one of the things I wanted you to get, and we talked about this in, I had started a conversation in the Facebook group about just asking, who do you serve and what problem are you solving? But then my third question is really, really where the rubber meets the road. And that is, does this target audience know that they have this problem? The reason this is so foundational and so critical is because as consumers, we generally buy things for two reasons. We either buy things to move towards pleasure or we buy things to move away from pain. Now, right now in pandemic world, which we are living in, many of those buying things to move toward pleasure have been minimized or eliminated out of people's budget because of the uncertainty going on in the economy and people losing jobs and that sort of thing. So it's not wrong to create things and get people to buy so that they're moving toward pleasure. But a recession-proof way to run your business is to create things that cause people to move away from that pain point. I'm going to use myself as an example, but my target audience is podcasters. And podcasters generally, once they start, I mean, not even talking about getting over the hurdle of launching a podcast, but I'm talking about once you get launched and you're in a steady rhythm, Most of the time, there's two things that podcasters are asking questions about. They want to know, how can I grow my audience to get bigger? And most of the time, they want to know how to get bigger so that they can get sponsorships or some sort of money. And then the other thing is, is how can they monetize their podcast? And many people think sponsorships are the only way or they don't have, they're just kind of stuck. They don't have any idea on what they would do besides sponsorship for their audience because they haven't gotten in to the mode of serving their audience as a sort of community leader or pack leader, troop leader, tribe leader, whatever you want to label yourself. You are that for your podcast niche. And so um, many people have not gotten into the mode of How can I serve my audience and what can I create that will meet their needs? So let's just back up and let's talk about these three things. Many times when I ask the question of who do you serve and the the audience and the target that you're going for, um, you really, I mean, you can't control who actually comes and listens to your content, but you can control the target that you're aiming for by the content that you produce. That, that might be a very inarticulate way of saying that, but it you can put out content that is specifically catered toward one audience. And when you do that, most of the time, that audience will, you know, will find it. And it's kind of like, you know, there are certain types of, when we go fishing, there are certain types of bait that you use to catch certain types of fish. And it doesn't mean that there aren't multiple species that like, you know, that sort of bait that you're putting out, but it means that you're targeting the most likely species to take that bait, whether it's because it's plentiful or because it's in season or because that's the most prized consumption that that fish can have. And so you're fishing with a specific bait. And it's the same thing with your podcast. You are fishing for customers with your podcast by putting out highly targeted content for your niche. And so when you put out that content, 
when you put it out with the knowledge of who you're serving and what problem that you're solving, it becomes very easy to create content. But here's where you have to be careful. If you are serving an audience and you are solving a problem that that audience does not know they have, they would not know enough to go sit down and do a Google search for how do I solve this problem. Like if they don't know it's a problem, it's a problem for you because all of your time, all of your marketing budget and all of your energy is going to be spent showing and educating and convincing that listener that they have this problem. And then once you convince them they have this problem, they know the word for it. They know the label for it. They know whatever it is that they are now claiming as part of their identity. I have this problem. I am a clutterer. I am an overeater. I am a procrastinator. Whatever label it is that you've convinced them that they have that they are wearing now because they identify with this problem, what you have to realize is that now it's going to send them on research mode to find out what the best options are to solve this problem that they have. And your solution might not always rank in the top of what they're coming back to find out. So if you send them, you know, you've given them a new label and you give them a way to sort of package it sort of, you know, like, this is what I am. This is what I do. This is, you know, this is who I claim to be now that I know I have this problem then they're going to go research that. They're going to be in research mode for a while. So that still means they're not ready to buy. And you always have to remember that a confused buyer is always a no. So if you are serving an audience, the other cardinal rule of selling whenever you're doing this online thing is that you don't want to sell to broke people. So if your audience, I've seen several people that are podcasters and, you know, wanting to be in the online space and who they're wanting to serve is an audience that historically does not have a lot of, they're they're broke, right? So whether it's nonprofits, if your target audience is a nonprofit, you really have to be solving a problem and they have to be able to justify it uh, in an expenditure to their board and their executive directors and all down the line before they're going to allocate money to solve that problem. And there should be concrete results that they're going to get after going through your product, course, program, service, whatever it is you're providing to them. If you have to change your niche or tweak your niche because the people that you are serving are, or thought you were wanting to serve are broke, then it's better to know that now before you waste a lot of time creating. Let me give you a quick story. So I have a, a former client who's still a very dear friend, and she started serving an audience. And this audience was separated demographically, generally by age. It was a woman of this certain age in this certain place in her life. So she started serving them very generically. And then in a matter of, you know, she podcasted for like two years and didn't make the money she was wanting to make doing what she was doing. So she thought she would niche down. So she rebranded several times. Then finally, she had an epiphany. And her epiphany was that some of the experiences she had she had been a victim of uh, domestic abuse and she had part of her reason for 
transforming her life in her middle age was the fact that she left that domestic abuse situation. So she realized that she had a story to tell. And although she'd been resistant to talking about that and resistant to identifying that as the catalyst for how she made this midlife transition, she went back and she owned that. And then she began, so she niched down and niched down and niched down. And so then she began serving women who were survivors of domestic abuse and they had survived it and they were now out on the other side and they were thriving. So she was dealing with them, but she had a, let me just say it's a limiting belief in her mind that that niche of women did not have any money to spend on courses, programs, products, or anything that she would create for them. So the problem started with her limiting beliefs because she sort of superimposed that, and that was her paradigm and her belief system when she would try to pitch them anything. And she would say, I know you might not have a lot of money right now, but this is worth budgeting for this is worth saving for and you know she would plant those seeds of doubt as to whether it was a value and affordable and she eventually because of that you know and we had talks about her own money blocks and her own limiting beliefs but she eventually ended up moving away from serving that audience because she was pouring her heart and soul and everything else into that audience And they were not ready to buy from her. And because the point at which she was serving them was the point at which some of them had just come out of domestic abuse and had not fully gotten to the other side and made that full transition yet and were at the point in their life when they're thriving. The reality is domestic abuse happens at all income levels. It's not just reserved for a certain um socioeconomic status. It happens in uh, every income bracket, so to speak. But that was her limiting belief. So you have to realize who you're serving and even, you know, do a little bit of reverse engineering. If you said your your, uh, niche is X, Y, or Z, look at the small business statistics and look at the statistics nationally and see how many people identify and how big that niche is. There's so many niches and you can find data about them on Google. So just go to the Google, find out how many people are in your in your niche overall. Then when you look at sub niches within that niche, start thinking about what percentage of people are in that sub niche. If you have a niche that's only, you know, 100,000 people in the whole country, how much market share of that niche would you have to capture to make a living off of that? And then you might decide that that's really not who you want to serve because it's not going to pay off for your time and your effort. It doesn't just take a large niche to make money from your podcast. And I'll give you an example. One time I was in a podcast group, which I'm in a lot of them. And so I try to be a valued member and be involved and throw out value whenever I can. But there was a guy and he posted and he said, I feel like I'm missing something here. He said, I see all these posts and people showing screenshots and they got 10,000 downloads in a month and they got this, you know, they have all these big numbers. And he said, I'm not getting the big numbers and I just wonder what I'm missing. 
He said, I do have, you know, sponsors for my show and the sponsors are happy and I'm actually making money from the sponsorships even after I pay for the cost of producing my podcast. So I'm really happy with that. My sponsors are really happy with that, but I just feel like I'm missing something if all these other people are getting these huge download numbers. And so I reached out to him and I was just like, let me ask you a question. You've actually achieved something that many people with 10,000 downloads a month don't achieve, and that is you're making money from your podcast. You've got happy sponsors, you're revenue positive, and you're cash flowing your podcast. So how big do you, I mean, are you wanting your audience to get? How big is it now? I started asking him. He said, well, he said, I get about 350 downloads a month. I thought, well, 350 downloads a month is kind of low for the niches that I've seen. Like most people will eventually, after they launch their podcast and wrap it up, can easily get a thousand downloads a month. And so we talked a little bit more and I asked him, I was like, what is your niche anyway? And he said, well, my niche is for security guards. And he said, so I have, I have a training course for security guards and I have um, people that have products that and and things that they sell to security guards that are sponsors on my show and they're really happy. And I looked and honestly, it was like his show. If you look at, under the the people in on tax returns in the United States that claim that they earn their income and their job title is security guard, it was like one hundred eighty four thousand people. So. That wasn't a huge niche, and he didn't need a lot of downloads in order to make a good relationship with his sponsor and sell to his audience. So it's not about the big numbers, but it is about targeting. So one of the things that you want to think about when you're thinking about targeting your audience is, do they know they have the problem that I am trying to solve for them? If they don't know, red flag, warning lights, bells and whistles should go off because you want to back away from that specific topic because they're never, it's never going to be worth your time. In fact, I was watching a shark tank one time years ago and the sharks really liked the product that they were uh, looking, you know, being pitched to and that they were looking at. But one of the sharks said, you know, <clears throat> I like your product. I like your business model. I like what you're doing. But I'm out because I feel like you will spend so much time educating this audience that you'll never make any real money because all your money will go to education. And that's the situation you're going to be in if that's the case. The other part is that you want to be sure when I ask people, who do you serve and do they know that the, the problem that you're solving is a problem that they have? Many people started, you know, whenever I asked them who they served, they they said, talked about things in very generic ways, like in ways where they would serve the audience instead of, and, and talked about sort of the outcomes they would get. You know, oh, I served overwhelmed people or I do whatever. But you got to target your copy and the things that you're putting out there to your audience toward people who are in that niche. So you have to call out to them. So. If somebody said, I'm serving an audience and I'm serving, you know, business owners that are stuck or overwhelmed. Well, most business owners are overwhelmed and they're going to be overwhelmed no matter how much they do. But they say the, the 
value proposition is that I'm going to help make your life easier because you're not going to be stuck and you're not going to be overwhelmed anymore. Well, that's a little bit generic. So tell me, what are my symptoms of being overwhelmed? You know, do you feel like you never have any free time? Do you feel like you are doing, you know, more tasks in your business than on your business? Are you stuck in the day-to-day task and tactical work of your doing client work or whatever it is that you're doing when you actually should be working at a strategic level on your business? What are you doing on a daily basis that somebody else could be trained to do or have the skill set already to do maybe better than you do, right? We won't say that very loud, but that's, those are the type things you need to be talking about when you write copy for these people. Uh, The people that you're wanting to attract, you have to call them by their name. You have to call out to them with your copy. And so the overwhelmed uh, business owner that's stuck, they might not even know that they're stuck. They know that they're overwhelmed, but they just know that they can't do anything. They can't move forward in any way because they don't have any more time. And they don't know where to start to outsource or to delegate or whatever it is you're doing, you know, the, the solving the problem of them being stuck and overwhelmed is. So it's one of those things where you need to begin thinking in terms of your customer. Does my customer know that they have this problem? And if so, how are they going to know they have this problem? Right. Many times people don't know a solution exists for a problem because they think everyone else is doing things the same way they are and they don't realize it's a problem. So you really want to be very clear in your targeting and clear in what you're creating, but you cannot monetize a podcast, number one, if you're serving an audience that's broke, and number two, if you are trying to create things to solve problems that your target audience does not know they have. So flip those two things around and figure out who would have the money to spend to solve. And the, the real value proposition is if I can solve your problem and move you away from the pain of overwhelm, the pain of whatever else the problem is that you're solving, it manifests itself as, if I can remove that pain would it be worth it to pay me to get rid of that problem? And when they can answer a resounding, yes, I will do whatever it takes to get rid of this problem within reason, then you have a winning combination for pursuing creating content or a course or an ebook or whatever it is you want to create for that target audience. But think about it in very, very real terms. Don't think about it in, let's just say, the old sales way of, oh, features and benefits. Do you want this feature? Do you want this benefit? You got to get down to where people are and realize they're either moving towards pleasure or away from pain. Right now, away from pain is probably going to preempt any other pleasure or and or luxury spending that they're doing. So what pain does your audience have that you can solve for them and that you can say with certainty, once you have taken my course, once you've read my ebook, once you've been a part of my group, whatever it is, you will now be able to not have this problem. And that's the frame you want to put over anything that you're trying to create for your audience. Because solving the problems 
and giving people something that will remove a pain in their life is going to be what they're going to spend money on. And that's what you want. So I hope you understand moving away from pain or towards pleasure are the two things that cause people to buy. And secondly, you don't want to serve broke people. And you also don't want to spend your time and your money marketing to educate people about a problem that you think they have, but they don't know that they have yet. So you only want to serve people who know they have this problem. And if they have this problem, how can you fix it? What outcomes will you get for them? And what will it be worth in their life? When you do that, you will have a surefire way to sell to your audience with really anything that you create that addresses their pain points. So I hope you understand exactly where you need to head now to go ahead and make sure that you are insulating yourself against spending a lot of time and effort creating something that no one will buy and is unmarketable. And if you are marketing, you're spending more time educating than you are actually selling. So that's our lesson for today. I hope you get something out of it. If you are interested in learning more and talking more and just hashing things out and being a sounding board or, or kind of having a sounding board for your ideas around podcast monetization, we have a private Facebook group. You're more than welcome to join us. It's just called Podcast Monetization Secrets, same as the name of the podcast. So feel free to come join us over there. And we're diving deep to really hopefully help solve this problem for podcasters so that they can begin making a sustainable income from their podcast. And I want that for you too. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.